How good's a Friday? So Ben, this is Bunty of Fourth, I'm waiting for Warriors. I hope you're doing well, brother. There is Sean Stevenson, the step breaking Stevenson. Out the back, Bergen, out wide. Good sir. North Dutch score out wide, fantastic try. Oh yes, boy. Yeah, g'day, silly talk sports, Rita here. Hey guys, Surly here. This week's sport really does have me fizzing at the bung, so absolutely fizzing to bring you another episode for your Friday afternoon. NFL kicks off today, NRL, she's finals footy, the All Blacks are ripping in a tear and she's all go in the world of sport. Not a lot of weekend chat to talk to you about, unfortunately. Of course, still locked down, not a lot going on. Had another Zoom session, Steam, on the, with the crew on the weekend. Lost a couple of dollars on the ponies and dish lickers. All pretty standard stuff, really. Nothing groundbreaking there. So we're going to pump through this weekend's episode because we've been absolutely flooded with questions for the old Q&A. Shades of West Auckland a couple weeks ago. Too soon maybe. But we have a special guest jumping on to ask the questions as well. So that should be an absolute doozy and really looking forward to everyone's favorite segment. But as per usual, we'll rip in with some sporting chat first. Right, God's game, round 25, the final round of the competition for 2021. And for the top eight teams, she was a chance to rest some blokes or iron out any kinks in their game before finals footy began. And then for the bottom eight sides, the team down the opposite ends of the ladder, she was a chance to play some fuck it footy, finish the season on the high before the real competition for them started. Mad fucking Monday. And look... Six of the top eight sides had good wins on the weekend. The Roosters, they put 40 on the milk. The Storm bet the Sharks. Panthers decked a fourth-string Parramatta side. The Broncos, they got one up over the Knights to finish their season with a good dub. Manly pumped the Cows. The Bunnies bet the Dragons. Unfortunately, the Titans bet our Warriors. And then late Sunday Arvo, the final game of the year, the real game of the year, the Dogs of War, showed up and absolutely fucked the boys from Tigertown to end their season with huge fizz, 38 points to nil, tears of happiness for the hottest coach in the NRL, Trent Barrett. But of course it was the Warriors game that had bums on seats all around New Zealand, and probably all around the globe to be fair. New Zealand's national sporting team, when they play, people tune in to watch, and unfortunately... It just wasn't to be. And for the Warriors faithful, what played out in the 80 minutes on Sunday Arvo was more up yours footy than fuck it footy. But the boys finished with a disappointing and at times embarrassing display, it must be said. And look, we started with a hiss and a roar. We thought you and Aitken had a meat pie in the first couple of minutes, which really had me fizzing. Had him in me multi, so I was doing the old fist pumps of doom. Paying $4 as well, juicy odds. I thought, you fucking beauty, let's spend the cash now. Golf Warehouse, you've got an order pending. But it just wasn't to be. The NRL bunker, she had other ideas and unfortunately no try as per usual. Whenever anything to do with the Warriors goes to the bunker, 
She never goes our way. But unfortunately, from there, that kicked off a poor scene of events, and she was one-way traffic. The Titans scoring 44 unanswered points kept us to the donut. Not good footy. Jaden Campbell, boy, that kid can play in the one jersey for the Titans. Loves his footy by the looks of things. Got a real energy about him. He's always buzzing, hanging around the football. Loves to get involved. Loves some razzle-dazzle. Electric with ball in hand. He's there, Reese Lightning, to be fair. And he absolutely carved us up on attack. Ran amok. And boy, did he look good doing it. The son of the goat, young Preston Campbell. For the Warriors, just too many errors. Some poor decision-making as per usual. Missed tackles galore. And just a bloody disappointing shift. And then around the 60-minute mark, unfortunately, things really turned to custard. And don't get me wrong. Love a bit of Biff and God's game, nothing better, but it was how we went about it that really did disappoint me. The first instance, I didn't mind so much. Old Jazz Tavanga comes in, smokes Philip Sami, and to be fair, I actually thought he deserved that one, carrying on like a real knob. He's clapping in the boys' faces, giving it the big ones, playing up deluxe. So I don't mind that, he deserved a good folding. But the other ones just didn't sit well for me, to be fair. Late shot. No arms from Lodge after a guy's passed the ball. The ultimate dog shot, really. And if you've played any type of footy, you know, that one really does piss you off. Hate being on the receiving end of those. And then to kick on after that and instigate a fight, pretty low, really. And then the fact old Kane, he jumped in the mixer, threw two air shots, which makes him 0 for 3 for punches landed this season, really did show to me that perhaps those two blokes and Kane in particular, don't deserve the honour of wearing the Warriors crest on their left tit. But enough of that, that's depressing shit. And while it did leave a sour taste in my mouth post-game, we move on and we don't let it dampen what was otherwise a pretty decent effort from the lads, given they were once again away from home. The captain left them early. Stan and Captain Tohu did his ACL. We bring in three blokes mid-season. The odds were well and truly stacked against us. And in the end, you'd have to think the frustration for the players balled over into what we saw in that shift. But hey, may sound like a lot of excuses to some, but when you hear the players talking about how their kids have been in five different schools throughout the one footy season, you've got to admit, it's got to take a bloody toll on your football. So shout out to the lads showing up every week, ripping in for this great club. Bloody good to see, and fingers crossed, 2022 is going to be our year. Hearing some great rumors on some signings, so hopefully the club can pull the trigger on those, get them to sign the dotted line. Hopefully we can pull in a Dylan Brown, a Joey Manu, Jared Warrior Hargraves, or even the Cheese. He would be the ultimate grab. So fingers crossed for a massive off-season signing, and that will get us kick-started to go all the way and start the parade planning for me at Surly Talk Sports HQ. And then to round her off, as all good seasons end, you've always got to have a prize giving. And last night, she was the Warriors' end of year due. few boys picked up some well-deserved pieces of plastic. Tohu Harris, he got the MVP gong. Well done to him, an absolute workhorse. Hopefully he recovers quick from that ACL so he can skipper the boys next season. Adam Fenor Blake, he got the Players' Player of the Year. And what a signing he was this year. Absolute workhorse, loves trucking that PCMs galore. And when he's off the paddock, 
boy did things turn to shit for us so massive from Adam and well-deserved there. Reese Lightning, he got the Rookie of the Year. No surprises there. The kid's electric on attack. Bloody passionate as well. Noticed in the last few weeks, he refuses to give up. Really gives it his all. And his defense, I thought, towards the end of the season, really did improve. Punching well above his weight. So a huge signing this year. Bloody excited to see how he goes next year. Teaming up with, with old SJ there. And then, club man of the year, Marcelo Montoya. And boy, I must admit, when we first signed him, wasn't fizzed at all. Been in and out of first grade, bit of a reserve grade battler. Thought he was just going to fill up a slot in our roster and never get a crack. But boy, did he surprise me. Played some great footy. Always plays hard, carries hard, tackles hard. A real culture award, this one. So bloody well-deserved, Marcelo. And looking forward to seeing him go about his work next year as well. Established himself as one of our starting wingers, which was bloody good to see. But for the NRL as a whole, she's now the most exciting time of the year. Finals footy, or as I like to call it, I fill it footy. The best of the best going at it each week to see who can score the most meaties and come away with the lollies. And boy, am I fizz for this week's action. We start with an absolute bang tonight, Friday night, prime time footy. The two front runners in the comp for me to take her out, Melbourne and Manly. She's going to be an absolute barnstormer. Melbourne without Addo Carr, Munster's 50-50 as well, but I think he'll play, try steer them to the dub and get next week off. Manly coming in, arguably the form side of the comp. Tommy T playing out of this universe. The stage is set for a heck of a clash and one to remember. If Munster's out, I'm going to go Manly. Paying 4.10 rugby league dollars, that is an absolute steal and that becomes a bargain bet of the round for me. But if Munster does play, I think the Storm will do typical Storm things and come away with a win in a close game. But boy... Am I excited to watch this one play out? She should go down to the wire. In the other games, the Chooks, they should be too strong for the Titans. I saw a stat actually the other day, random stats guy. Shout out to him on Instagram. If you don't follow him, bloody good page if you love some weird stats. And he posted that the team that finished eighth in the competition has only ever won their first finals game 11% of the time. So the odds are heavily stacked against the Titans there. And I think the Chooks will be too strong for them. The Panthers, they should be too good for the Bunnies. I think Latrell being out kind of ended the Bunnies hopes for me this season. And while they're still stacked across the park, you got your Reynolds, Cody Walker in amazing form, Johnston, Gagai, Cook. It's a team with still many great names on paper, but I think the absence of Latrell against those top three sides will just be too much for them. And then lastly, you've got the Eels, who I think will be too strong for the Knights, but I wouldn't be surprised if that one goes close. Knights, though, disappointing last week. Eels, their main players, fresh off a rest and a good win against Melbourne. If those Eels forwards can show up like that again, they will be too strong. So I'm going the Storm 1-12. to I'm going the Chooks 13+, plus Panthers 1-12, to and the Eels 1-12. to I fill it. Finals footy. Get it in ya. Right, time to move on to the old 15-man code. And how good was some Sunday Arvo footy? 
fresh off a depressing shift from the Waz, as mentioned, the All Blacks come in with a chance to turn those frowns upside down, and boy, did they do that. A good crowd, sun shining in Perth, and boy, did the lads show up to play some razzle-dazzle code, meat pies galore, some insane displays of skill and athleticism from the boys. Bodie's cheeky little grabber to kick her off on the scoreboard, drops it on the bad foot, Will Jordan races through the middle and Geordie Barrett ends up with a beautiful try. Boy, did that set the scene for some great footy and boy, was she a pleasure of a game to cast the old eyeballs over. I thought the Wallabies, to their credit, played some decent footy at times, looked to have us stretched at moments in the game, but the All Blacks defence for the majority of the game, a good 70 minutes or so, it was just unreal. Blokes just chopping down those gold losers, left, right and centre, Brody Retallick, think I watched in one phase, he got up from each ruck, made about five tackles in a row, all around the old bootstraps, a real Jason Blackett, bootstraps Blackett type of player, and boy, does he never miss on D, which was bloody good to see. And then once we got the ball, she was game over, good night nurse, and the boys scored some unreal tries. That little nudge from TJ over to Bridgie, that was a real highlight. But boy, they were all bloody primetime footy tries, in my opinion. Of course, the Iwani brothers, they were real standouts for me. Akira Iwani, man of the match, and deservedly so. What an absolute freak. Beast with ball in hand, just swatting blokes off left, right, and centre. And then dominant on D as well. Loves a good leg drive, pushing them back. Really does screw up your momentum on attack, that. And great to see him getting his chance on the world's biggest stage because, boy, has he always had potential. And it seems like Ian Foster, to his credit, who I have been critical of in the past, did think Razor should have got the gig. But it appears Fozzie has been able to get the best out of Akira, which is bloody good to see. And hopefully he can keep that up. I also thought Rico, younger brother, Look, bloody exciting every time he got the ball. He appears to be at his best, especially on attack. And that chase down on D, that was something else. The bloke clocked 39 Ks, which is the fastest time recorded across rugby and the NRL this season. So he's got real gas. And boy, every time the Wallabies kicked him the ball, which was a fair bit to be fair, Wallabies kicking it away pretty aimlessly quite often, which they need to address ASAP. But kicking it to Rico, boy, did he make them pay. Dangerous on the counter and got our attack onto the front foot early doors, which was bloody good to see. And then, of course, there was the red card moment, which has dominated the headlines post-games. But, hey, we've discussed that a fair bit on the old Instagram, so won't go into that too much. One thing I will say on the positive, though, that new 20-minute red card rule, bloody good to see it brought in because, boy, did that have a big effect on that game. And bringing Damien on 20 minutes after the incident did ensure that the All Blacks were able to pick up their dominance and really finish with a hiss and a roar. I do hope, though, that a red only being 20 minutes now doesn't mean that referees are more likely to go to the red as the consequences aren't as severe as missing the whole game. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen, but overall, a bloody good rule, and I'm excited to have it in international footy. But on to this week we roll, and once again we get the 6pm Sunday night slot, which is bloody good. Get the roast on, 
nice glass of red wine and sit down to a sophisticated end to a weekend that is often full with carnage and ripping and tearing. The boys, we take on the RGs, and while no team has been named yet, I'm fizzed to see the boys go about their work again, and hopefully we get another highly entertaining clash. The RGs present a bit of a different beast to the Wallabies, physical, more forward-orientated gameplay, and boy, they love to kick the pill. So if they do that, like the Wallabies did on the weekend, I can see them having some real problems with our back three, especially if we roll out the likes of D-Mac, Will Jordan, and Rico. That screams razzle-dazzle galore. So looking forward to seeing how we go against them. Then following that 10 p.m. kickoff, Wallabies Springboks, this is going to be a fucking beauty of a game. The South Africans, they're the real test for us in this rugby challenge. Current world champs, fresh off a series win against the Lions, played some bloody boring footy, it must be said, but that appears to be how they're going to get the results moving forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing them go up against an Aussie side that hopefully kicks less embraces the physicality, continues to chance their arm, try play New Zealand-style footy but not quite good enough to do it, chuck a couple of intercepts, but hey, she's going to be entertainment galore and looking forward to seeing the Saffirs for a full 80 minutes. So really looking forward to Sunday's games. Should be a bloody beauty of a night of 15-man code. What a weekend of sport we have ahead. And up the international footy. Boy, is it good to have it back, especially when the old Bunnings Cup is still a week away from returning. Right, time to talk some NFL. And I know a few blokes that listen to this and lasses actually are fond of watching those American boys chuck the old pigskin around. And she gets underway today. She's going to be an absolute ripper of a season, in my opinion. Some great teams stacked with talent. Anyone could win it this year. But we get underway today. Cowboys taking on the Buccaneers. Old Tompa Bay. Tom Brady shooting for his eighth ring and trying to go back to back. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott, he's back from that horrible injury last year and hopefully he can unlock Zeke Elliott and that Cowboys offense to get them a much improved performance this year. I'm expecting Tampa to be too good in that game, quite comfortably actually. I think it'll take Dak a couple games back to find his bearings and I expect the Bucks to well and truly be a title contender this year. Then in your other games, you got the Cardinals taking on the Titans. These are all on Monday, actually. Mad Monday. How fucking good. Gives you something else to bet on at the tea and biscuits as well, which is huge. Bloody good to see. Cardinals taking on the Titans. That'll be a good game. I'm going to tip the Cardinals in that one. Hopefully, Kyler Murray has another outstanding season. Big fan of his. Jaguars, Texans, that's real Bulldogs, Tigers type of stuff. That is bottom of the ladder football. I'm going to back the Jags to get the win there. Trevor Lawrence to get the dub on debut. Hopefully, he has a good season, the exciting young rock. Then you got Vikings, Bengals. I'm going to take the Vikings, but interested to see how Joe Burrows bounces back off that ACL injury. Watched him a bit in preseason, and boy, does he still look quite restricted in his movement with that massive knee brace, and that is a huge part of his game. So excited to see how that unfolds. Seahawks, Colts, I'm going to take the Seahawks in that one. Russell Wilson always starts the season off with a hiss and a roar. Steelers, Bills, 
That'll be a bloody good game. Two sides that I expect to see near the top of the ladder. The Bills, though, they are real title contenders, expecting a massive year from Josh Allen and his combination with Stephon Diggs will be tough for that Steelers defense. Niners-Lions back in the Niners there. They'll be a title contender this year as well, expecting them to bounce back off the disappointing season. Chargers-Washington, Chargers. Jets-Panthers, that's a real another bottom-of-the-table clash. I'm going to go the Panthers there. Eagles-Falcons, tip the Falcons. Fuck it, while not. Excited to see how Kyle Pitt goes, the tight end, rookie tight end for the Falcons. Browns-Chiefs, this for me is the game of the round. And while I make it pretty obvious that I'm a clear Browns fan, I actually genuinely think they could get the upset in this one. On the road in Kansas City against the title favorite, she won't be easy. Mahomes will be ready to sling that pigskin in all sorts of directions. But I think the Browns are capable of doing it. A great defense, that double-headed monster in the running backs. And I think if there's any time to pip the Chiefs, it's in week one. So fingers crossed the boys can get the dub and up the mighty Browns. Then you got Packers Saints. I'm going to go the Packers there. Broncos Giants Broncos. Dolphins, Patriots, Mac Jones gets the nod at QB. Excited to see him go about his work. Dolphins, outsiders in this one, paying $2.40 to a Tagovailoa in his second year at QB. So two former Alabama quarterbacks going at it. I'm actually going to tip the Dolphins for the upset here, although this will be a bloody close game. Bears take on the Rams, got the Rams there. They're going to be strong this year. And then to finish her out on your terrific Tuesday, Ravens taking on the Raiders in Vegas. I'm going to tip the Raiders for the dub. They're outsiders as well. So there's a chance for some cheeky jam for you. Wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens start a little slow there. They've had some big injuries, unfortunately, for them in the preseason. So I'm tipping Vegas to come away with the double. Yeah, Walla, chuck them on. Anytime touchdown scorer, you fucking beauty. Right, time for the old Magic Multi, and I've brought in my old mate as a Tutna, old A-Dog, to chuck in two picks. I'll chuck in two picks myself. Hopefully, with the boys combined and our brains put together, we can come up with a winning multi for you, because God knows she's long overdue. Old Ezra, he went Jaden Campbell to score for the Titans against the Chucks, paying $2.30. Don't mind that at all. And then he's gone winger Tui, race one, Louie Louie for a dub, paying $2.20 in the old ponies. So chuck that in there. Then I've gone with the NFL Raiders to beat the Ravens, as I mentioned just before, paying $2.55. Well and truly overs for me. Ravens, injury ravaged. So chuck that in there. And then the fourth and final leg, I've gone with Big Satili Tupanua, anytime try scorer for the Chooks, paying $3 on the nose. He loves a meat pie. Always a great option. $10 on that pays a handsome $358.40. Nothing to laugh about. And boy, would that look good in the kitty, ready to double or nothing for next week. Right, time for the old Q&A. And as I teased earlier, I've actually got a special guest here with me today because the questions have come flooding in. So it is none other than the goat, the real Seal, Kimberly Seal. How are you fucking doing? Fuck brings her own intro song. How good. 
Give him a try. That'll do, surely. <laughs> Wait for the drop. Sorry, guys. Hope you got a few minutes here. Okay, okay, okay. Huge fizz, a real culture tune, that one. How are you doing, love? Good. Really good, thanks. Nice. And a few All questions right. there. What do you got for me? Okay. Haven't seen these yet, so you'll get the real answers. All right, this is hard. Okay. First question, Harry Dodds, the one and only Harry Dodds. Radio, he says, how are Northcote going to give tries to Rich Mayhew with these new scrum laws? That's a bloody good question, actually. Yeah, look, that's a fair question. And if you haven't seen the post already, unfortunately, New Zealand rugby and the fucking PC pen pushers have changed the old scrum laws, which has really infuriated props all around the country. And as a result, has robbed Rich Mayhew of one of the great all-time performances. And there's no doubt he will not be able to back that up next year. So, Rich, mate, enjoy your try scorers medal this year because every single one was from a pushover scrum and it looks like they're going to be few and far between next season. So, a bit of a shambles. Sad day for props around the country, but fingers crossed. They realise their mistakes. They make some changes. We bring in Max Mayhew at number eight, get rid of Rich, and no doubt the Mayhew family will continue to score meat pies at Harvey Wright. Bloody good to hear from you, Dodzy. Good to see your brother thinks you're a penis and hope lockdown is going well for your horse. Yeah, the Mayhew family lives on with Max. Shit, speak of the devil, we've actually got one from Rich here. So he says... Are Nick and Teague okay? Has anyone checked on them overnight? Yeah, look, that's a fair question. And, of course, big fellas around the country were probably shedding a few tears last night, of course, with those scrum rules. And it looks like the great game of rugby is trying to fade out that dominant front rower, which, of course, is Nedge and Teague. And, boy, did they cause some headaches for opposition scrums this year. Absolutely eight blokes left, right, and center. Rhino as well, a terrific propping trio i just hope they're doing okay i know teague he was really feeling it he was in my dm saying how distraught he was and then a couple years late couple hours later he came back again to stay he was really still upset so hopefully the big man's going okay no doubt ripped into a few spates and hopefully he's feeling a bit better about the world today great question though rich pass on my love to max Right, we've got one here from someone who's been a bit MIA this year, the coat. Um, It is Case Burgess. He says, who's your NFL MVP? You look, great question there from the son of the Steiny monster, Roscoe Burgess. Uh, NFL, of course, as mentioned, got underway today. Shit, she's going to be a bloody good comp. Old Paddy Mahomes, he's paying six bucks at the tea and biscuits, which I bloody like. Hard to go past him. Absolute freak. And then for me, Josh Allen's got to be in the mixer for the Bills. They would be my two front runners, both quarterbacks, and I think they're both going to lead their sides a bloody long way this season. Old Mahomes as well, he's paying four bucks on the American market. So if he's still paying sixes, jump in now, chuck the house on it. Roscoe won't mind, son. And hopefully... See you at the code a bit more next year when you can get involved and your leg's not fucked. So go well, Case. Hope lockdown's treating you well, son. Uh, This one comes from far out. Another absolute goat. God, he's my boy. Um, We share a B-Day. Yep. (laughs) He's your boy. (laughs) Uh, Two absolute greats born on the 29th of July. Right. So Brendan Wheeler 
Shoot, shag, marry the three Barrett brothers. Yeah, look, as Kimbo touched on, one of the greats, the Michael Buble of Northcote Rugby Club, hibernates all season, then come prize given, dusts off the cobwebs off the mic and throws some below average chat at the boys. So bloody good to hear from your wheels. Shoot, shag, marry the three Barretts. I think I'd have to marry Scotty. He's just a workhorse. Looks like a real cuddly bloke. Looks like he'd never hurt you. He'd be real honest, down to earth, hard graft and Kiwi bloke. So I'd, Scotty. Oh, Scotty. Right. So I'd marry Scotty, nice. not Rankin, Scotty Barrett. Then Shag, probably Geordie. Uh, loves a good time, loved a good night out on the steam, actually broke into that house in Dunedin a couple years back, boozed, thought it was his place. Obviously, loves a good time, so Geordie would be my shag. And then I'd probably shoot Bodie, to be fair. Already married, full of coin, so I'd happily shoot young Bodes. Rizza Mooza, more than capable of running the cutter for the All Blacks. Great question, Wheels. Great question, Wheels. We're sending our regards. Right, Connor O'Leary. God, it's just goat back to back. What's Quadman's max squat? That's a pissing question. That is a great question. Of course, Joe Quadman, aka Joe Wadman. He's Should the Luke. Let's give him a call. Let's give him a call. Fuck. We're giving him a call. You have to put it on speaker, love. <laughs> this is impromptu. Kimbo's taken over. The Kerry Kerry kid, how are you, son? Yeah, good, mate. What's happening? C-section for life. Hey, yeah. mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. How are you today? Nice. Yeah, we're good. We're actually just bringing you into the potty here, so uh, we've got a question for you. Yeah, you're on Surly Talk Sports, mate. A question's come into the old Q&A. People want to know your max squat to get those Luke McAllister-like legs. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot, mate. It's a good question there, mate. Come on, you know what you squat. Fuck off. No, actually. (laughs) Come on. He's too humble. Not a a fuck ton of crayfish, surely. No, but I I honestly haven't actually done a back squat in probably since fucking for a long while. Oh, Oh, God. All right, well, far out. Genetics are the doom. Well, there you go. There's your answer. Just don't back squat. Just hunt. Fish and live like Scotty Rankin. Bloody good to hear. <laughs> nice one. All right. Catch ya. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Up the C-section. One of Northcote's finest and him along oh. with old Luigi. Boy, do they have some great set of pins on you. So didn't really answer the question there, mate, but a little feature from Wadman. Bloody pleasure. <laughs> right. Fuck, I love putting people on the spot. It's good. Okay, next one's from uh, Nathan Stockman. He says, who's your biggest snack in the NRL? Jordan Ricky. What do you reckon? Ricky. Yeah, he's going with old pretty Ricky there, Jordan Ricky, which is a great recommendation. He ticks all the boxes, dreamy eyes of doom, great lid, got the nice moldy tattoo, great set of old Wesley Snipes pipes on him, massive biceps, huge fizz there. Then you've got... There's a lot of throbbers out there, though, in my opinion. Probably more a question for Kimbo, but I'll take it on myself to answer. The cheese. Kimbo likes the cheese, which is great. Not much of a looker, but a heck of a bloke and an absolute weapon on the piss. You'd have to think the likes of your Reese Walsh's there up in the mixer there. Cam Murray, he's got the dreamy eyes of doom. Chanel Harris-Tavita, Reese's older brother, he's right in the mixer as well. There's some absolute sorts out there playing in the NRL. 
bloody good question. I'd probably go with Reese. I think he's the young up and coming throbber. So you got to give it to the kid and up the mighty waz. Right. Cody Fids, how are you? <laughs> he says, Surly, you ripper. With my Croatian cousin, Tommy Turbo, putting on another masterclass last weekend, it's got me thinking. Does he move into GOAT status for the most dominant individual performances by an athlete in a season in any code? I think he tops the below list. Oh, fuck, you're kidding. Do I have to read these out? Yeah, go, love. Oh, fuck's sakes. Hayne 09, Shane Bond 2022, sorry, 2002. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> right, BB Series, just to clarify that, that Shane Bond 2002 <laughs> BB Series. Lomu 95, Courtney McCarthy. 2005 single skull dragon boating. Fuck's sakes. Speaking of Chesnuck, would you like to get your thoughts? Uh, would like to. Oh, fuck. fuck. Okay, that's Cody. a real mouthful, Hold but on. Cody's asked what my thoughts are on him getting booted from fantasy NBA this season by the one and only Moldy Alton John, old Courtney Chesnuck McCarthskins. <laughs> and look, that is harsh. Bloody harsh. You did nothing wrong, son. So I'm with you there and Chuck the Croatian menace back in the comp. In regards to Tommy T, his performance this season, been out of this world. The kid loves footy. You can tell he's the ultimate competitor, can do it all on attack and defense. And boy, has he been absolutely just fucking oppositions week in and week out. World-class rooter, got a Sky remote apparently, and can play some great code. So Tommy T, in the form of his life, Hayne, he was bloody good in 09, but he's now in prison, so he doesn't count for me. I'm chucking Tommy T at the top of the list, and if I was a GM in the rugby league world, I'd be chucking the wallet at the Tommy Knocker. So bloody good to hear from you there, Chesney. Hope you're doing well, and up yours, Robbie. Radio, last one. Thank fuck for that. Okay, this is from Azza. He says, hey, Surly, got a question here for you. Hope you can give me an answer. When the judiciary charges a player for misconduct in a game by way of monetary fine, who does the money go to and how do they differentiate between money or match ban? Just wondering, as Jazz Tavanga has been fined 1900 which is fuck all money for what he's on and wouldn't be much of a deterrent for future. And then there's Walshy. He's received a match ban instead of the same misconduct. Yeah, interesting. Great question. And look, to be fair, the fines... They've been coming in thick and fast this season, uh, almost a million dollars worth of fines, which is almost double what she's been in previous years. So my understanding is that the fines are paid by the players, but some of the heftier fines, the likes of your 50000 for some coaches, they actually get paid by the club. But those fines you're talking about, old Jazz Tavanga, that'll be coming out of his salary, although don't feel too bad for him. Minimum wage for an NRL player in the top 30 squad is 125000 Australian dollars. So not a bad wicket that those blokes are on. In regards to a fine rather than a suspension, so you get the fine for contrary conduct, they call it. So I think it's for, ga- for actions outside of the game. So you get do a high shot, you're going to miss a couple of weeks. You flog a bloke off the ball, crack him, chuck an old Kane Evans at him, you're going to get a couple of weeks suspension. And then the money, she goes back into the game and other NRL initiatives, so to speak. So I'd like to think it goes to Mad Monday, funding teams getting on the steam all around the competition. And there's been talk 
of perhaps the NRLW getting a crack at some of that money as well in the future. But at the moment, she's used for things like player education, player welfare and well-being, and all that kind of important stuff. So bloody good question for you there, Ezra. Glad to see you've been thinking about the finer things of God's game, crunching some numbers, and hope to hear from you soon. No doubt I will. Probably got a few missed messages from you already. Go well, son, and up yours from me. Right, that's all we have time for this week. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If not, a big up yours from myself, producer Sharla, and the GOAT, Kimberly Searle. Rip into this weekend's footy. Action galore. She's going to be a bloody beauty. Massive up yours from me. Enjoy your weekend of sport. That was STS for another week. How fucking good.